No, it's not that one. I was born between two worlds. One was populated by the traditions my mother was brought up in. The other was the modern world. Um, wait, this is Jeffrey's. Here, let's sit down. Yep, this is mine. My grandfather was a curandero in Colombia, a medicine man, who it was said had the power to move clouds. My mother used to be a psychic, who supposedly could see the future and appear in two places at once. My sister and I were born in Bogota, and even there, we kept our family history hidden. Oh my god, this looked just like you. I was like, why you have Ingrid's passport? Hold on. <laughs> oh yeah. But it's me. But it looked just like you. My sister Frances crossed into the U.S. in 2000. I arrived two years later. We're similar in every way, except one. How, like... How Colombian do you feel? Zero percent. And why is that? <laughs> um, I guess I never felt Colombian. My sister had a baby this past summer, Sarah. <coughs> Funnily enough, she was born on June 28, which my mother thinks is a sign. Mi nieta nació el día que... My granddaughter was born on the anniversary of the death of my father. Very similar events happened then, as when he died and was buried. There was a wild, raucous rainstorm with lightning. The rain was such that in the clinic, the kitchen flooded. They even had to call the firemen. The rain was so sudden, Heavy and very strange. The rain is important to my mother because when they were putting my grandfather's casket underground, it began to rain just over his plot. Did you know that's my grandfather's the day that he died? He didn't die on June 28th. Yeah, he, he did. He died on June 24th. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the 28th. I'm pretty sure it's the 24th. It was not the 28th. Okay, and if it is the same day? Then I guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't... I mean, I if it is the same day, we'll have to check. If it is the same day, it feels like um, like some kind of like full circle thing. Okay, but anyway, you don't think that you're making a face. <laughs> I'm always making a face. We're not just arguing about a date here. In a way, what we're wrestling for is the continuation of our story, culture, and traditions. Here's my fear. My mom doesn't speak English. My sister doesn't tell the stories. My dad doesn't talk about it. I'm afraid that if I don't honor this type of storytelling and worldview, it will all end with me. I think my mom and I are just in love with the culture. You know? No kidding. Like, we love it so much. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I know that you were too young to remember, but it, like the whole thing was extremely violent. They tried to kidnap us. They kidnapped my dad. You know, um, they... They would follow around my mom when she was driving. 
uh, the maid had a gun in our house, you know. So I think I'm like a realist. I think you and my mom idolize South American culture a lot. You know, it's like every everything that you write about is always like this this, this incredibly magical place, and you know it's and you idolize it. You put it way up there in a pedestal, where whereas like I know it was really crappy. You know,、um, I don't think there was anything、uh, romantic about it. Here is one way that a culture disappears: violence. I was too young to realize the danger we were in. So now I'm the only one that travels back with my mother to Colombia, to the village where my family is from. Even though we have to drive through guerrilla territory to get there, my mother and I do this because we are attracted to the stories like moths to light. And I know others like us. Uh, my name is Florentina Mocano Shendo.、Um, I am.、Um... Born, raised, and educated in Romania. Florentina is an accomplished actor and scholar. She was completing her doctorate at Stanford University when we met. In Romania, her grandfather was a shaman. And I am the generation that basically was not forced, but was kind of encouraged not to even think about these things because that way of life was not、uh, sustainable anymore. Here's the story. When Florentina's grandfather was a baby, he fell ill. The whole village thought he would die. Death would come to the door and take him. The answer: if they gave the baby a new identity, a new name, and at least temporarily a new set of parents, death would be so confused it would go away. So the biological parents are in the house, passing him through the windows to his new parents who are outside of the house. And, and not through the door because death supposedly is not that smart, so death would go through the door. <laughs> Florentina's grandfather was renamed Wolf, and returned to his original family through the front door, but as a new person. And that, that was part of the the ritual that he was, he was in a way not only、um, able to cheat death because he was just given to a different family, different parents. But also by changing his name to that of a of a beast, and the reality is that、uh, probably he had、um, polio, and they didn't have vaccine, and they didn't understand what that was at the time. Like me, Florentina crossed the border with an ancestry that has no context in the U.S. Both of us are interested in the ways these cultures can survive. I just.、Um, Learn maybe to to recognize that、um, there is this kind of rural archaic society that tells time stories and sees life, sees disease, sees ease、um, with different eyes. She's using the language of academia to explore her grandfather's story. I found ways, as I said, just to to write a paper about it, to kind of you know, invite it back in into this kind of. Um, how should we say more、uh, elevated discourse about about existence, more scientific, you know? Florentina and I are both first-generation immigrants, so we get to make these decisions about our heritage ourselves. But second-generation immigrants are born into a world where sometimes these decisions are already made for you. My name is William Guillermo Ortiz. 
I'm 67 years old and born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Guillermo is now a curandero, but as a kid, he was so cut off from his Mexican roots, traditional healers were not even on his radar. In the case of my dad, he wanted us to acculturate, and he didn't want us to stand out. He was discriminated on. I mean, he was discriminated when he was in the military. Growing up um, in San Pedro, I, I, I heard that he also had some, some situations where, where he, was, he was beat up <clears throat> just for being Mexican. But every time Guillermo stepped on Mexican soil, he felt something distinct and incommunicable. When I'm in Mexico, something happens for me in terms of my interior. It, it, it's, it's almost as if something ancient and something old really, really starts to settle and, and, and actually starts to come through. The language seems much clearer to me. I understand things more clearly. Guillermo is fascinating to me because he's American-born and was well on his way to achieving that very American of American dreams. He was about to become a doctor. But then he met a curandera who showed him the ways of traditional healing. I started to, to see that this, this was an amazing um, system of, of medicine, approach to medicine, because it was holistic. And when I, when I did start going to Mexico and, and reading about the cultura, I was just was like, wow, I'm from an incredible culture. I mean, so, I mean, especially reading about the Aztecs and, and the conquest and, and you know, just, just, just seeing how I was sort of the product of, of, of this clash of cultures with the, with the Spanish and, and the Mexica, to me it was just, how do we bring curanderismo into the 21st century? You know? And in order to do that, you have to, you, it's almost like bridging two worlds, having your foot very solidly in two worlds. Most immigrants, regardless of whether they're carrying on ancient traditions, have this feeling of being torn between two worlds. The question for all of us becomes, do we let go of one foothold or do we keep straddling the line? My partner Jeremiah is not Colombian. He's from the Midwest. His world doesn't have so many legends to preserve, but he wonders. What if we took your entire family in 1985 and dropped them in Ohio? Would the clouds be moved in Ohio? Would your mom appear in two places at once? You know, would all those things continue? Would, uh, would Raphael be the same healer he was? if he was in the suburbs of Illinois. My feeling is that the traditions would not survive. But then I think of Guillermo, who grew up in California, and I wonder if maybe they could be reborn. It's like when you dip your hand in the water. The water can be from Japan, from the North Pole, from the South Pole. The water would move. It's a physical law, no? I think yes, the clouds would move. Yo pienso que si se mueve. 
I have been listening to my mother. We try to keep the traditions and the prayers which were passed to her by my grandfather, taught to him by his father, taught to him by his father. They're left over from native tribes whose history was mostly wiped out and whose traditions were redressed in Catholic culture, so they don't have a name, but we keep carrying them on. We want to pass some things on to my niece. All right, yeah. Shh. All right, vamos. I'm just thinking of Sarah, like, if she has, like, the two of us to, um, <laughs> like, do that for her, like, show her what the culture is. Does that worry you? That we're so into it? Like, what if we influence her, is what I'm saying. It doesn't worry me. Because it's just another part of, uh, you know, of who you are as a person. La pequeña, la pequeña de la casa, la pequeña, la pequeña. Like any disappeared culture, those of us who remain are left with what feels like random pieces of a broken plate. Maybe the specifics of the worldview my grandfather knew exist now only as whispers, but I will continue to put my ear to the ground for them. I will keep straddling the line. For the Making Contact Community Storytelling Fellowship, I am Ingrid Rojas Contreras.